Well, guys, y'all can go ahead and pass those <coughs> buckets along. Well, we are <coughs> jumping into uh, uh, the message here. And my wonderful little three-month-old daughter today is raising a little bit of a ruckus. And, uh, but that's all right. We want rowdy kids. You know what? We want them rowdy for Jesus. But we want them rowdy. You know what? I saw a... Uh, you know, I saw somewhere about, uh, you know, that well-behaved women never made history. I think my wife, she's wanting to make her mark on history. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, we, want, we want to take that energy and all that. We want energy being forced in and focused into kingdom good. And so that's all right. If we've got some kids that are a little rambunctious, that's all right. It's a good thing. Well, I want you to crack your notes open. We're going to look at uh at this this newness we're still in this first part of this new year just finished the first week of the new year god is still just has this place of fresh starts and fresh opportunities and uh, we're just we're just excited about all that god is doing so crack your notes open and let's just go into this we talked about this last week that here at the beginning of new year it's often full of of hope and a fresh resolve to live life differently. Then as believers and as us having this bent towards wanting to follow after Christ, then we recognize that, that God is leading us to do things a little different than maybe the rest of the world does it. And as we dial in and we say, God, lead me, God, speak to me, we're going to recognize that, wait a second, this is, this is going to yield a little bit of a different life. In that, when we really get this, we understand that Jesus, that he came to give us life. And this concept of living is simply what you want to do with life. So we're going to look today at some things about how to really live. We, Jesus gave us this gift of life. And we want to look at this thing about what it means to how to, how to really live. And living is what you do with life. Now, we just finished Christmas. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we're... we're you know, looking at buying stuff for the kids and doing Christmas gifts. And sometimes as a dad, I, I have to have my wife kind of rein me in on, some, on a few things to help uh, that don't necessarily make sense. And so because I want to get my boys stuff like compound bows and, and all this stuff, which is great. It's great things to do. But it needs adult supervision. And so what, we can, what I can end up doing is giving them a gift they're really excited about and then saying, uh, don't use it. Hey, Dad, will you go out in the backyard and shoot the bow with me? And it may not be a good time. And I, well, you know, we'll have to do this another time. You know? And so, consequently, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, that, okay, if I'm giving them something, they got freedom to use and freedom rain. We've got helicopters flying all over our house. All, all the boys. Me too. Got a helicopter for Christmas. Little remote control helicopter. We have helicopters flying all over the house. And, uh, and so, well, if we cut... You know, you got to use them. It's not really, you don't, your helicopter's meant for flying. That's what it's for. You got to put it to use. This life that we have in Christ is meant for living. And we want to make sure that we do that with it. That we don't just take it and put it on a shelf. And you know what? I think a lot of folks are afraid that if they really say yes to Jesus, that he's going to take life away from them. That that means that I'm not going to get to really live. I'm not going to get to have fun. I'm not going to get to do this or that. No, he's going to redirect what it means to enjoy life. There may be some redefinitions, but he gave you life so that you can live it. 
so you can have it even to the full. Let's look at John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I've come, this is Jesus talking, that they might have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly or that it may super abound to them. That is a big kind of life and that's the kind of life we want to live. Romans 7 says, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we may serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. This, this true living, it comes with this new way of putting that life into practice. It comes with this new way of doing it. And we have to be careful, folks, about trying to bring elements of the old way of living into this new way of life that we have in Christ. Okay? We have to be careful about doing that. We are not living under the old taskmaster of the law and this pressure to measure up to all of these different things. The beautiful thing is, is in God's eyes in Christ, we measure up. We're heaven ready. You're heaven ready right now. And you're like, Pastor, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you've said yes to Christ, you are heaven ready right now. Like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed of what I did yesterday. I lost my cool yesterday. I did this yesterday. And I, I, guess what? It's under the blood. You know, if you're feeling convicted about it, maybe God wants to move on so you can get that pattern out of your life. But it's not because it, it has kicked you out of heaven. So what we're doing now, what we're doing now that we have received the life is we are learning how to live that life. We're learning how to embrace it. We're learning how to move forward with that life in the newness and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. So going into this year, we need to recognize that God has provided a new way of living that leads to life. Now look at this cool thing. You know, God, we have these cycles that exist, right? You know, there's one of these cycles. We want to work a little better in West Texas, and it's called rain, okay? We believe in God for us for some wetness and some reservoirs to be filled up and and not have to spend so much money on making my lawn look mildly green. And, um, you know, we want some rain. And, uh, but that, that's part of a cycle, okay? We get the, the rain, you know, comes down. And then it eventually it, it, it evaporates, makes its oceans. And then it makes the clouds. And it makes more rain. And it makes this beautiful cycle that is this life-giving, nourishing thing. Here's the cool thing. A lot of times we can think that okay that this this new life in christ i have these little life-giving moments okay like we're purposing to read through the bible together again you know we crack open the word we allow god to speak to us we've been reading through if you haven't started just start right now just jump in right now this time next year you'll have read through the bible you say i don't want to read the whole bible we'll just read the new testament take you about six minutes a day and this time next year you'll read the whole new testament but you take something like that, and it's life-giving, and it begins to pour it. Or we spend some time in prayer, and we feel refreshed. You know what? That God, and and those, those things, are, those things are, are life-giving. But when we really begin to live life in the freshness that it is, do you know that you can have a conversation, a godly conversation with, a, with, <clears throat> with somebody who's another believer, and all of a sudden you're just spending time with them, and all of a sudden that's this life-giving cycle that takes place. 
that you understand that you're, you, you are in the right place and, and putting your skills to work, to work. And instead of your job being something that drains you at the end of the day, the fact that you put your skills to work in the right way and that you're using your resources in a, in a, in a, in a way to bless your family and to bless the kingdom, that the end of your day, it's refreshing. All of a sudden, it added life to you. It is this cycle. God gives us life. And then it's this way of living that yields more life, that then we live out that life and it creates more life. It is this beautiful, wonderful thing. And that's what we want to do. Let's look at Hebrews 10. And we're just going to be marching right now. We're kind of taking this first chunk. And Hebrews 10, this little passage is full of nuggets and we're just going to chew it up. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brothers, and that includes you two ladies, includes y'all, Therefore, brother, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Okay. And by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. We need to understand that there is this new and living way that's open for us because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, Hebrews can be a little bit different book for us who are Gentiles to understand because it's written to Jewish believers. So they have this mindset that they're coming from. And when he begins to say stuff like through the veil, well, you, you and I are like, what does that mean? Okay, uh, this, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, we have to understand that we have this, this place we can, we can come, we understand we can come boldly. But forever, for, for a long, long time, if there were going to be somebody to approach the actual presence of God, there was this huge veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And somebody only went back there once a year. And then they had to make sure that everything in their life was taken care of, all the right sacrifices, all of these different things. And then they had little bells on the bottom of their garment to, to make noise so that somebody could hear if they were still alive in there. And they had a rope tied around their ankle that in case they didn't do that other stuff right and they killed over dead, that somebody didn't have to try to rush in there and grab them out. They'll just pull them out with a rope. That's freaky! That presence of God, it was that pure and that all. And you had to be in that perfect of a place. And the blood of Jesus Christ has made it where you and I have ready access all the time. You understand that? You understand the weight of that to a Hebrew person? They're like, seriously? Seriously? I can go in through Christ. It is this door in this veil and I can come and go and have access to God any time, not this once a year with all these hoops to drag through and maybe I might die and somebody drag me out by a rope. You and I have that kind of access to the living God. This is a huge, huge thing. See, Jesus in John 14 says, I, <clears throat> he answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life and nobody comes to the Father except through me. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. But then he also says, <clears throat> had said just a few chapters before that, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, will have full restoration to their life. And he will come in and go out and find pasture. He's going to find the things that he needs for life. He's going to come in and go out. You and I have that. 
We don't have to go through that rigmarole. We are, we are, we are righteous by the blood of Christ. Well, I understand that. I understand I get saved. But then I just, I got I to just do everything just right, just right. No, no. That's the beautiful thing of grace. As we begin to walk this thing out and then we trip and then grace says, all right, I can get back up and I can, I can give this another whirl. I can keep going. I don't have to operate and connect with God from a place of fear. It is this beautiful thing. So understanding this, understanding this, okay? That there's this new way of living that you and I are 100% completely right in God's eyes by what Jesus did. Those have become the foundations for the way you think about God and you interact with God. And you have that in your mind. Let's look at this, okay? First off, live like you can go to God anytime you want because you can. Anytime. Me, Pastor, when I just flip that guy off on the road, I can immediately turn and talk to God. Yes. You probably need to. It's probably a good moment. Holy Spirit's probably having a teachable moment with you. God would do with my children when they made a mistake. Hello. Weston, put your hand down. Don't do that. Not really. And, uh, but we got, we, parents, we as, we as parents, our kids have, make a little flub or do something, we have a teachable moment. And we have to be, bring, we can bring some life-giving correction. God does the same thing with us. If we have a little flub, the Holy Spirit, how, ah, here's a teachable moment. Here's, the, here's this thing. And if we stonewall the presence of God, oh, I just messed up. I just messed up. Um, let me go home and read 10 chapters and pray and take three showers with some holy soap and, and, and find, find somebody to confess what I just did to, and then I'm going to go to God. No. No, no, no. Because you're not going to do that. You're not. So God knows that about us. And he made it where we can be, we can just come to him no matter what. He said, well, I just screamed my guts out at my wife, at my husband. And here I feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. I can really just talk to God right then. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. And this year, live like you have ready access to God. I'm telling you, some of these cycles you've been banging your head on for years are going to be broken fast. Because God is going to begin to speak to you in the moments when you would have in the past refused to listen to him because you felt so unholy. You're as holy as you've ever been because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Your holiness doesn't vacillate. It is pure holy. And then God can speak to you in that moment. But if you stonewall him, you can miss your moment of grace. You can go to God any time. You need to be sure and do that. Hebrews 10 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, this is, <clears throat> this is Hebrew culture. The, the, the sacrifice of, the, of the, the sacrificial lamb was sprinkled on the mercy seat, which meant that that... that it was presented and that you were good and there was this huge uh, uh, bowl that they did the washings with the ceremonial washings he said you're done your heart's good all that's been done it's been sprinkled by you've you've been washed you're good again remember he's talking to this to this hebrew culture but we can we can gain from it as well as gentiles then 
Let's look at this. I love the way the message translation reads this passage. Okay? It says, So friends, we can now without hesitation walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. He's made it. He, he penetrated that hole for us and we come to God through him. So let's do it full of belief and confident that we're presentable inside and out. Not because you did everything that was presentation worthy, but because Jesus did and you came through him. <laughs> it's so life-giving. It is so awesome. Oh, it is just absolutely amazing. Whenever I was being trained up in ministry, I, I had a little taste of kind of what this was. We had there was five different pastors on staff, and I was just, just kind of starstruck by all of them. God just moved in great ways through all of their lives, and Pastor John was a senior pastor, and, um, and just took me on as, as a mentor and really showed me what it meant to, 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 be, a, to be a mentor. And, and I told him that I felt like I was, I was called the pastor. And, um, man, this was 16, 17 years ago. And he said, okay, well, if that's what you're called to do, well, then you need to see how it's done. And gave me free access into his life. I mean, free access. Everybody else, he did counseling and all this stuff. And, and I was the only one other than his wife. They could just come into his office, no knocking, no anything, just come in. And the first few times, I'd sit there and go, He's like, who is it? I was like, Brandon. Brandon, I told you, you can just come in here. Okay, okay. You know, I didn't know if maybe you were with somebody. Well, if I am with somebody, be quiet. Sit in the corner and listen and pay attention. Okay. So then, but pretty soon, I would just sit there and just walk in. They had closed staff meetings and dealing with sensitive stuff. And, and here I was with all these heavyweights and I'm sitting over in the corner. Just taking it all in. Not everybody necessarily appreciated the fact that I had, that he opened things up to me. They were maybe concerned that I was a little immature and maybe would run my mouth on some stuff or whatnot. Thank God God may cause me to, to honor that. Um, and, and I never violated it. And God allowed that to continue to pour into my life. And I got to have true mentorship and see how a pastor handled things, sensitive things, delicate things, because I got to have entrance behind that veil. And it came simply out of this gift of grace. He just wanted to mature me. Guess what? You're not going to get matured outside of the presence of God. You're not. You're not. So therefore, God had to make this way where you could be in his presence so he could grow you up. And that's what we're doing. That is what you and I are living out. Hebrews 4 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are and is yet without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. To find mercy and grace in our time of need. Does that sound like when we're really proud of the way we've lived out our Christianity? Does it sound like we're in those moments where we're like, follow me as I follow Christ, do what I just did? No, that's the, those are those when we find mercy and grace in our time of need. That's when we've fallen on our face. 
that's when we're going, man, I, I hope, I hope so-and-so didn't see that. I hope people didn't recognize that Christian sticker on my car that I just did that. I hope my kids didn't see that. And we have access to the throne of grace in that moment. When you're the most ashamed and you're the most embarrassed, you want to crawl into the deepest hole, you have access to the throne of God right there. Right there. Why? Because that's where you're going to receive the grace and the training and the maturity that you need so you don't repeat that cycle. But if you, if you stiff-arm God, you are destined to do it again. Let's break the cycle. Let's run to God. Man, it's so good. <clears throat> Next thing we need to understand is live like God is faithful to do what he said he would do. Because he is. Some people might call this living a life of faith or living a life of trust. It's just say, God, this is, what you, this is the parameters you said. This is what you said. And I'm just going to live like you're right. That's all living a life of faith is. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. This is why we don't bail out. I've been doing this, and I've been trying to grow with God, and I'm still still dealing with some issues. Well, he who promised is faithful. Philippians 1, In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Understand it. God, you started this in me. You're going to finish it. And I'm going to live life like you're going to finish it. I'm going to live like you're going to finish it. You know, <clears throat> you know <clears throat> we've had uh, times in our lives where we've been remodeling and our house is just, is just a mess. And then there's been times where our house was just a mess. And, uh, you know, there, when we're remodeling and, we, and it's obvious that the things are going somewhere, we didn't mind people seeing that as much. You know, we even like to talk and share the vision. You know, yeah, I know this isn't there yet, but man, this is where this is going and this is where that's going and all this and that, yeah, you don't see it all yet, but, but, the, but there's, there's traction and we're moving somewhere. All of a sudden, it's, it's not as shamed. But somebody can walk in and it's just a mess. And there ain't any tracks. You ain't going anywhere. Life's just a mess. And you want to stonewall people out of that. I don't want you in this. Don't come in. You know, having people over. Hey, kids, shut your doors. <laughs> All right. Y'all are in, you're invited into this, our little foyer. Welcome. Let's hug. Leave now. Because my house is a wreck. And I don't want you to see that. We even understand this. That's why we, uh, we have to understand this thing that, that we can go ahead and let people know that we're followers of Christ when we have this confidence that even though I'm not finished with my growth in Him, He's faithful to complete it. You live like that, you can go ahead and begin having an impact now. You can start ministering now. People say, well, what about this? Well, God's gonna, he's, we're in process. This is part of the remodel of my life. What do you think? You're getting to see the before. Hang along, hang around long enough. There is going to be an after. It changes your mentality. It just shifts it. It just does. Also, live like your life matters because it does. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. God wants to use us to inspire others. Yep. To to loving, which is the ultimate commandment. Love God and love others. And good deeds, putting that to work. God wants to utilize that and to do that. That's why we small groups are so important. 
That's why all of those different things, because those are places we can make that happen. Also, we need to live like people matter. Sometimes somebody can kind of walk around like they matter. But then we also need to walk around like others matter. Live our lives like the other people matter because they do. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together. You have obviously not done that. You're here. Not give up meeting together. Connecting. Small groups. Other believers. Church. Just connecting with believers. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's a life thing. It says, As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be good at encouraging each other. This past week was uh, my daughter's birthday, and I got her permission to, to share this. I had not put two and two together that we were going to be kind of tracking along this. But on, uh, we, her birthday was small group day on Wednesday. And so I was like, well, we're going to celebrate her birthday, but I want us to get something out of it as a group as well. And so I went to the dollar store and got a bunch of little silly little gifts. And all the, the, the teens that were there took a little gift bag, didn't know what was in it, Gave it to Brooklyn, put her up on a little pedestal, and gave it to Brooklyn. And then she had to open it. And then whatever was in it, they had to then be inspired by that to bless Brooklyn. And had to, to utilize that little object. And I brought some of them. And, uh, and so uh, we had, uh, of course, the magnifying glass. So had somebody who did the magnifying glass and said uh, that uh, your, uh, your sense of style magnifies your personality. And, uh, and so, and, and just getting creative with that. We had um, um, the uh, FBI kit, the $1 FBI kit. You don't want to go fight crime with us, I bet. And, um, but uh, decided that uh, Brooklyn was fabulous, br- beautiful, and interesting. And so just found reasons to... <clears throat> Uh, found reasons to, to just be a blessing, just to encourage her, just get creative with encouragement. And I uh, had her uh, a $1 yo-yo. And this is that's what happens with a $1 yo-yo, folks. <laughs> you want to spend more than a dollar on a yo-yo. And, uh, but my 8-year-old, and uh, my 8-year-old Carson was there, and, he, and, of course, the yo-yo was supposed to you know, work. It's the principle of the yo-yo. And uh, he said... Uh, I uh, said that, you know, that uh, you went down with sin, but you were raised in the glory of God. I was like, Shane said that I made him say that. I did not. Out of the mouth of babes, you just have no idea. And uh, uh, old uh, Matthew Dunn, he uh, had the, uh, the little finger rocket and, uh, you know, told Brooklyn to uh, something to the fact of shoot for the stars and you'll hit the moon. And... Uh, Anyways, just these, these silly little things of just encouragement, of just encouragement. Our society is so good at tearing down. I think maybe we just need to take time to just even practice blessing each other. In fact, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this week. Almost everybody carries a cell phone and has a contact list, okay? I want to challenge you. Three different days this week, three different days, okay? I want you to open up your contact list, Okay? I want you to just roll through it. Allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of lead you and say, okay. You know, if you've never experienced that, then you're like, you know, if you go, ooh, I want to call them. Call them. And so, and then just call them and just say, hey, I just want to, just want to tell you, you know, that, that I appreciate you and you're a blessing in my life. And, and if something else comes to your mind, then just, just share it with them. Maybe ask them, hey, is there anything that I can pray for you about? You going through anything? 
And, and I just want to encourage just to, just for no other reason, for no other reason than just to bless them. For no other reason than just to bless them. I want to challenge you with that this week. We've got to be good at this, folks. We've got to be good at encouraging each other, building each other up, living like God's word is true, not letting anything come between us and the presence of God. We've got to do that, folks. We have to do that. Jesus came to give us life, and living that life is simply what you do. Let's live the life that's truly life. I appreciate it if everybody would kind of bow your heads and close your eyes. We're wrapping up right here. If you're right now in here and say, you know, Brandon, I, I, don't, I don't know about this whole relationship with God thing. I, I don't have a relationship with God. Guess what? It can get going right at this moment. It can get going right at this moment. We've already covered the fact that you don't have to jump through any hoops. Jesus has made it available through himself. So I appreciate it with nobody looking around. We want to create a quiet, private moment. If you want to say, hey, Brandon, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to turn it over to him. I want to allow his life to be my life. And I want to allow him to begin to do that work, that transforming work you were talking about. I want that for me. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. Pray with you.